0: Well, good morning, everybody. So glad to see you today. Um, we are continuing um, our study on the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we have spent this summer kind of going through the different fruit that are listed in Galatians. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These things that God says in His Word that the more we are growing in our faith, the more that the Holy Spirit is evident in our life, we should see this fruit popping up in our lives, just like my garden is now starting to thankfully show fruit of the things that I've been planting and watering and weeding. Just like that, as we are spending time reading the Bible, spending time praying, spending time growing in our faith, we should start to see these fruit popping up in our lives. We should see more love. We should see more patience. We should see more kindness. And today we're going to talk about the fruit of faithfulness. We're going to talk about the fruit of faithfulness found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So these are the things that we see that God should be growing in us. And so today we're going to talk about what it means to be faithful. Now, when you look up the definition of faithfulness, it can mean a lot of things. And I think a lot of times in Scripture when we talk about people having faith, we talk about belief. We're talking about the fact that they be- we believe in something, that we are full of faith. Um, but that's not exactly what this particular context means for the word faithfulness. When we read faithfulness in Galatians 5, it's much more has to do with how we relate to each other as far as faithfulness in our relationships with one another. um, Some great synonyms that could help you understand what what we're referring to here is fidelity, trustworthiness. Um, The fidelity can actually be traced back to the Latin word meaning to trust. So when someone is faithful, it means that you can trust them. When someone is faithful, it means that they're loyal. It means that they're constant. It means they're steadfast. Can you think of someone in your mind right now that you would think that is a faithful person? Can everybody think of somebody? It's probably your mother. Yes, we mothers, we're very faithful, aren't we? There is probably somebody you can think of that was always there. They were steadfast. They were true. They were loyal. They stood by you through something. That is what it means to have faithfulness. One commentary said, to be faithful is to discharge all duties and be honest in all of the handling of things you're committed to. To, be, to discharge all your duties and to honestly handle all the things committed to. I'm going to read you a quick little quote from McLaren. This is an older commentary, and he said this. The word here may be used in the sense of fidelity and may denote that the Christian will be a faithful man, a man faithful to his word and promises, a man who can be trusted or confided in. And true religion makes a man faithful. The Christian is faithful as a man, faithful as a neighbor, a friend, a father, husband, son. He is faithful to his contracts, faithful to his promises. No man can be a Christian who is not faithful. The truth is, a godly man is a faithful man. A godly woman is a faithful woman. They are true to their word. They do what they say they're going to do. They work hard. This should be something that is showing itself every single day in the lives of those of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus. We should be faithful. And today, I think that would be something that looking around, we'd say, our, our world is looking for faithful people right in a world where it seems like there's a lot of well i don't feel like it um you know employers talk about trying to find employees that are willing to work hard and be diligent and show up and take make the extra effort i think it is pretty amazing that god puts in this thing hey I want you to be faithful people, not only kind, not only loving, not only peaceful and joyful, but there is an element to how we relate to one another when we, God says, I want you to be faithful. I want you to work hard. I want you to be diligent. How much of a difference would the fruit of faithfulness shine out in our world today if we were people who were faithful? Um, one of my heroes, heroes in the whole world, is a woman named Irene Lindquist, Now, Irene and her husband, Frank, started North Central University. Many of you know of the college. It's a Bible college in downtown Minneapolis. Jeff and I both went to school there. And um, the Lindquist started North Central right after the Depression. And I was actually talking to um, her niece. Um, Irene was a feisty lady. I got to meet her once when I was fairly young, but she was kind of a feisty lady. And her niece was telling me the story about when North Central first started, they didn't have any money. They just felt like God wanted them to start this college to start to train ministers. And so. Through a strange chain of events, they ended up buying an old hospital in downtown Minneapolis. And if you've ever been to North Central, it is what Miller Hall is right now. That's where my dorm was in college. The old radiators. It was an old building. But when they bought Miller Hall, it was dilapidated. It had had a flood in it. It was this rundown old building. That's probably the only way they were able to afford this building. And at this point, all the students were living in Frank and Irene's basement. And so Irene decided that she needed to get some money to fix up this building, and no one would give her any money. She went to banks, and they wouldn't give her a loan. She couldn't find anybody to give her a loan. So she decided to go, and at that time, Dayton's was in downtown Minneapolis. So her niece told, I confirmed this story with her niece. She went and bought a box of donuts and went down and sat outside of the office door of Mr. Dayton and said, I need to speak to him. And so she waited and waited, and finally he had this crazy lady sitting outside my office with donuts. I'm not sure what's going on. So Irene walked into his office, and this is what she told him. Mr. Dayton, we have bought this building. We are training up people to be ministers, and many of our students work for your department store. And I will tell you this. They will never steal from you. They will show up on time. They will work hard. They will do the, be the best workers you will ever have. But if we don't get some money, we're not going to be able to keep this college going. And he wrote her a check for like $50,000, if you can believe that. It is a true story. But it shows the power of faithfulness, the fact that she was able to go to someone who wasn't a man of faith and to be able to say, listen, These are students who are people of faith, and they will work hard. They will be honest. You can trust them. There was something in that quality that moved him. There was something in that quality present in the life of someone that moved someone who didn't even follow Christ to say, I'm going to invest in that because faithfulness matters faithfulness is important and it should be something that we're seeing in our lives and i've been asking myself this question lord when people look at my life would they see a life of faithfulness would they see a life of someone who is trustworthy who honors her word who works hard who isn't afraid to to dig in and go above and beyond faithfulness is important and it's not just important in our jobs it's important in every part of our lives and the truth is I think in our world we see a lot more unfaithfulness and the truth is unfaithfulness hurts people when you look at marriages where there has been unfaithfulness. If we talked about fidelity being faithfulness, well then infidelity would be unfaithfulness. And I don't know about you, I know all of us have probably known a couple that has gone through infidelity in a marriage. And it's like a shotgun is shot into a family and splinters it into a million pieces. Unfaithfulness wreaks havoc on homes and families. It is catastrophic damage. Maybe you know someone that had an unfaithful parent. I have lots of friends who are grown women who struggle daily because of the effects of an unfaithful father or an unfaithful mother. They didn't do their job in loving and caring for their children. And now we're seeing adults that are just feel like their world is never quite coming together because of the effects of someone else's unfaithfulness. We see it all over. We see the effects of unfaithful employees, unfaithful workers, people that don't care and do go the extra mile for their jobs. Unfaithfulness hurts people. And that's why it's important that we're people who are faithful. So how can we be faithful people? How do we do that? What are the things that we can do so that we can be known as trustworthy, reliable, dependable, loyal people who stand out to the world around us because of our faithfulness? And this is what I want to talk about today. Faithfulness requires investment. Faithfulness requires investment. To be faithful to something, it isn't just checking the box. It isn't just getting by with the minimum requirement and to be considered faithful. To be considered someone who is faithful, you have to invest in that. Let's take, for example, let's say there were, um, I'll tell you a story. So Jeff and I led worship at a something, an event a couple years ago, and they had hired a sound man to come and do sound. So we were there for two weeks and the first week there was a young college student that showed up to do sound and, and we walked in and he was sitting at the soundboard, and his feet were up on the dash. Mr. Kerr was not a fan right away. <laughs> he was kind of sitting there leaning back. Nothing had been set up and, and Jeff said, oh, okay, you're, you're the sound man. Okay, what's going on? He's like, I'm just supposed to, you know, turn it on. And so we started kind of setting stuff up and moving things around and, and the, um, the sound was horrible and things were, things were not working well. And every time Jeff would look back at him like, can you fix it? He'd just go like that. I thought Mr. Kerr's head might explode actually. And he just kind of went, my job's to kind of turn it on. He showed up. He was sitting there. His body was in the seat. But I would not necessarily call him a faithful sound man. Now, the next week, they had hired someone else. It was a young college student, and he showed up, and we got there, and he had everything written down. He had done everything. He made sure that everything was ready to go. When we got there, he said, okay, is there anything else I can get for you? The first night, something wasn't working, and we got there the next morning. He said, I got up early, and I came in, and I fixed that problem. So which one would you call faithful? They both were there. They both showed up, but one just showed up and did the minimum requirement. And one was faithful because he made an investment in it. He said, I'm going to take some time. I'm going to take some energy. I'm going to make sure that I go above and beyond and do the job well. And that is why faithfulness requires investment. I want to look at a story in Scripture found in Matthew chapter 25. If you want to turn to it, it's the parable of the three servants that we find that Jesus tells. So Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. And they'll, they'll be up on the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called to them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good, and what? The servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, "'Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten bags of silver. For to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth.' Look at this story. Isn't this a great story? Look at the unfaithful servant. He had a job to do, and he just didn't do it. And when the master came and asked him why, what is the first thing he did? He deflected. Well, you are kind of mean, and you made me scared. Have you ever had anybody do that when they've been unfaithful towards you? They immediately deflect and have a reason why they didn't. That's exactly what he did. He said, well, I was scared, and you, you kind of are scary sometimes, and you're kind of mean, and so I didn't know what to do. He immediately, he just immediately deflected onto him. And the master called him wicked and lazy, He didn't invest anything into his assignment. He didn't put any time into it. He didn't put any energy into it. He didn't put any forethought. He put no investment into his assignment. But the ones that Jesus called good and faithful, they took their responsibilities seriously. They thought about it. They made investments. They spent time. They spent energy. They made sure that they were doing well. It's such a great example of what it means to be faithful. God has given each of us responsibilities. Maybe it's five bags, maybe it's two bags, or maybe it's even just one, the things that God has put in your hands for you to take care of. Your job, your spouse, your children, your church. And God wants to invest, wants us to invest in each and every one of those things, not to just do the minimum requirement, not to just do a marginally good job, never really caring about making sure the master knows they can depend on him, But God wants us to go above and beyond and be faithful. We need to be faithful. We need to make an effort in each of these things. We have to invest time, energy, thought, incentive into the things entrusted in us in order to be called faithful. So I just want to look at a couple things in our lives. How about your job? Are you being faithful in your work? Now, I think for some of us, we might be like really faithful in work and yet go, I can maybe use a little bit more improvement over here. So I just want to kind of go through a list and let you think about it for a minute. Are you being faithful in your job? Are you working hard? Are you showing up on time? Are you going above and beyond? One of the definitions of trustworthy that I saw meant that if your boss couldn't be there, they would be okay knowing that the business is in your hands. Is that true of you? Are you working hard? Now, sometimes that's difficult, sometimes that's hard, but it's a good question to say, am I being faithful? And job could mean just even things that you volunteered for, it could mean volunteer things, it could mean other responsibilities, things you've committed to. Are you being faithful with those things? How about your parenting? Are you being faithful in your parenting? Um, It's not enough to just say, well, I gave birth to them. Isn't that enough? (laughs) Shouldn't my job be done? A faithful parent is investing in their kids. They're spending time with them. They're investing in the things and events that are important to them. I think for a lot of us, that comes easy. I would have to say, investing in my kids is probably pretty easy for me to do. But the next one is where the Lord has kind of been challenging me a little bit. How about your marriage? It might be, sometimes it's a lot easier for me to invest in my kids, and then all of a sudden I'll wake up and go, oh, wow, it's been a while since I feel like I've invested something into my marriage. Sometimes you kind of go, ah, you're okay. <laughs> I'll get to you later, right? But are you investing in your marriage? Are you being faithful in your marriage? Now, that doesn't mean just I'm not cheating, but are you making an investment? Are you putting time and energy an incentive into the person that you're married to. It can become really easy after a while to just kind of forget or lose track or just get too busy. And yet, to be a faithful spouse, you have to be investing in your marriage. Are you doing that? And there are lots of ways to do that, right? We can simply decide to work on the problems in our marriage. Sometimes it's just as much of, I'm going to buy a book and work on this thing that we seem to always be fighting about, or we're going to talk about it, or we're going to go to a counselor, or we're going to commit to spending a little more time together, or we're going to do certain things that we, I know will help build up our marriage. Faithfulness means investment. And if we want to invest in our marriages, if we want to remain faithful, and you know what, ironically, every person I've ever talked to who has actually had infidelity in their marriage would say to you, it started way long before that because we had not invested anything in our marriage so long that by the time the actual cheating happened, it had been so broken that I was a pretty easy target. We need to be investing in our marriages over and over again. And how about your church? (laughs) We're so glad that you're here at Homestead. And you know the I've learned so much about starting a church plant because you all work really hard. (laughs) When you start a church, there's a lot of jobs to be done and you don't have a lot of people. And so we're so grateful for how you all have stepped in and invested at Homestead. But you know what the truth is? We need more help. We need more help with lots of different things. We have a faithful nursery worker, Wendy Lynch, who is in that nursery three weeks. She gets one week out of there. I'd love for her to be able to come to church more than that. We have our Wednesday night, or Thursday, sorry, old habits die hard. Thursday nights where we're going to have things going on for kids. I'm going to be teaching bazooka boys and polka dot girls up there. I need helpers. We need workers. We need people who are willing to serve and help with the youth. We need people who are willing to help with greeting and ushers and hospitality. We need more people to help, and we need you to help. So we need you to be faithful members of our church, and we need you to give. Homestead doesn't happen without faithful givers, and we're so blessed that we have so many people who say, you know what, I'm investing back into this church. I believe in it, and I want to invest my finances into it. We are so grateful for that, and we take that responsibility so seriously in how we use those dollars to invest back into the life of Homestead and into our community. But Homestead doesn't happen without faithful givers. It doesn't happen without faithful people serving. Um, Many of you know I lost my grandmother uh, a couple weeks, couple months ago I guess now, and when we went to Western Nebraska to have her funeral, it was pretty amazing. Now, my grandmother was a very quiet woman. I don't know that she was ever in front of anybody really on a stage, but A number of people came up and talked about the difference that Betty Lane had made in their life and one man came up and shared he was probably in his 50s and he at her funeral and he started by quoting a verse out of Thessalonians and we're all kind of like this is interesting where's he going with this and he said Betty Lane taught me that verse in third grade Sunday school and she taught me every year and she made sure we were learning our verses and she made sure it was happening. And then another person got up and said, well, my parents weren't Christians, but Betty Lane came and picked me up every morning and brought me to Sunday school. Every Sunday, she brought me to church, and eventually my parents got saved and started coming to church. But until they did, she picked me up and she took me home every single week. And then another lady got up, and she was elderly, and she said, well, Betty and I a few years ago noticed that there were a lot of our friends that couldn't get out and go to church anymore, so we decided somebody needs to go visit them, so we decided it would be us. And we would meet once a week, and we'd drive around and visit with everybody and make sure they were okay. Now, she was not famous, but she was so faithful. It was one little thing after another thing, not needing credit, not needing anyone to see, because really the true faithful jobs are usually pretty, uh, you don't get a lot of, of notoriety for them. But she was faithful, and it made a difference. We need you to be faithful here at Homestead, and we're so grateful for how you are at this point. So we become faithful servants when we invest in the things that God has given us. And one of the things that I want to leave us with today that I have found to help me in this concept to be a faithful servant is found in Colossians, and it's this verse, Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not human masters. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Don't do it halfway. Don't do it just a little bit. Don't kick your feet up on the desk. Make sure that you are working hard as doing it unto the Lord and not under human masters. You know why this is really important? Because there always comes a moment when you don't feel like doing things anymore. There always comes a moment. I mean, I'm a big project starter. Like, I love to get in there, like, let's do it, let's start a project. And there always comes that moment where I'm like, I think I'm kind of tired of this project. I don't really want to do this anymore. And that's when this verse is great. Listen, when that feeling goes away, faithfulness means there's something motivating me outside of just what I feel like doing. There's something deeper. I am working as unto the Lord. I'm going to work with my whole heart because I'm going to do this as an offering of worship to God. There will come a moment where you just think, I don't care about this anymore, or I don't want to do this anymore. Your human drive to invest at the things God has given you and put in your hand, it's going to waver. And something inside of you has to rise up and say, hey, I'm going to be faithful at this thing despite what I'm feeling. You know, the truth is there will come a moment where you might not feel like investing in your marriage. I have had those moments where I think, I'm just tired. feels like we're still working on this. When I see people that have been married 50 years, I'm like, God bless you. That is not nothing. I'm 20 in. And I've had those moments where I go, I feel like we're having the same thing. And yet there's something that has to rise up in you where you say, I'm going to be faithful. I might not feel like this anymore, but I'm going to keep investing. It sometimes will happen in your job. Maybe it's never happened to you. It certainly happened to me, where all of a sudden, in the midst of a job, you keep going, huh, this is getting kind of old. I don't really want to do this anymore. And yet, maybe the opportunity hasn't come for you to move on, or God hasn't released you to move on to something. And that's when that Colossians verse, work hard as unto the Lord, has to kick in. There has to be something that motivates you to say, I'm going to do this as an offering unto Christ. And there might be moments even when it will happen to your kids. Usually, around 1 a.m. if they're teenagers, or about 4 o'clock doing homework at my house. <laughs> I think, I do not want to read one more book with you. I just, and yet something has to kick in where you say, No, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to invest in this. In those moments where you're not feeling like you want to be faithful, this is where it's great that this is one of our fruit of the Spirit. We can say, We can pray and say, Holy Spirit, You have said that you will grow this fruit in me. I don't have to try and manufacture it on my own, but you have said you will produce the fruit of faithfulness in me. So right now I'm having a hard time loving this person in my family who is not very likable right now, But I know that you have said, you will give me faithfulness. So will you produce more faithfulness in me? Will you give me the faithfulness to endure and to be steadfast? Will you give me the faithfulness at this job that I hate and I don't like going anymore? Will you help me to be steadfast and faithful and to work hard and to honor you and let others see that I honor Christ by the way I am working hard? In those moments, stop and ask the Holy Spirit to give you more of his fruit of faithfulness. He will help you grow in the fruit of faithfulness. And you can remind yourself that when there is nothing in you emotionally that wants to invest, that you can do it as unto the Lord as an offering of worship for Him. I want to tell you one more story as we close today. Many of you met uh, Garrett Kenyon when he was here visiting. He's our our dear friend who is a missionary to Panama. Um, Him and his wife Tara work among girls, uh, teenage girls in Panama, who um, a lot of them suffer abuse, a lot of them um, are vulnerable. And you didn't get a chance to meet Tara, and she's one of my favorite feisty friends. Um, Hopefully, someday she'll get to come here. But Tara, when we are in Panama, and she's dealing with these teenage girls, it's amazing. She can just get right in their face, and she can talk to them about the really horrible things that they are enduring and living through. And Tara can do that, because Tara lived that. When Tara was a little girl, her mom was addicted to drugs. She had an incredibly disruptive childhood. in and out of different places, and finally when she was about five years old, her mom just followed a guy to Florida, and Tara ended up living in this neighborhood in a house full of drugs and different people coming in and out all the time, and for some reason that she does not to this day know why, there was an Assemblies of God church right down the street, and her mom decided on Wednesday nights that she was going to drop her off at the front door of the church, and so when she was six years old, her mom would drop her off on Wednesday nights and she would go in and there was a class for girls and there were classes for boys and she'd go into the little class for girls and she says, Christy, I was horrible. Like the worst kid imagined. I was hitting everybody and kicking everybody and the sweet old ladies, they just decided that they were not gonna give up on me. And they started, she goes, I spent most of the time in the hallway. I was so bad. (laughs) She goes, and I was the kid that everyone is also going, oh, I don't wanna take my kid. She's gonna be there again. She's so horrible. She goes, I was awful. I was horrible but they would, dry, they would sit with me, they would talk to me, they would tell me that was not okay, they disciplined me, they loved me. And week after week, week after week, week after week, for, her mom would drop her off. And then when her mom got too into drugs that she couldn't even do it anymore, those ladies went and they would pick her up and then they would bring her home and they would pick her up and they would bring her home. And she says, the only sane thing in my world was Wednesday night from six to seven. It's the only sane thing in my world and when she was in high school, her mom got cleaned up and they ended up moving away. And she ended up at Bible college following the Lord as a missionary, making a huge impact. And she said a few years ago she had the opportunity to go back to this church and sit there in front of these women and say, I'm here because of you. There's no reason I should be sane. There's no reason I should not be completely broken in a million pieces. The only thing I can trace back to is that you were faithful in how you loved me. You didn't give up when it got hard. You didn't just do it halfway. When you stopped feeling, I promise you, there was nothing in them that felt like going and picking up the naughtiest girl in class. They probably were like, if she was gone a week, meh. But they didn't. They were faithful. And it changed her life. And you know what? The people who are most faithless in your world are probably the ones who need you to be most faithful to them. You might not get anything back, and yet when we do things as unto the Lord, we can know that his faithfulness working through us will change lives. So you know what? There might be someone in your neighborhood that you've been thinking, I need to bring that little girl to church on Thursday nights when we start up again. There's a little boy. I'm just going to bring him. Some of you men, we need guys who are willing to invest in the lives of some of the boys that are going to be coming. We are praying that kids from the neighborhood would come in. Maybe some of you feel like I'm going to just drive kids in. Maybe some of you feel like I just want to come and serve with the youth. I don't need to be in there, but I'll just help them. Where is God asking you to sow seeds of faithfulness? It might be a place where you're never, ever going to see any fruit from it. But you're going to sow a seed of faithfulness. Maybe it is at your job in someone that you're just going to continue to be faithful towards, even though they don't treat you well. Maybe it is in your marriage and you're saying, I just, I'm going to go back. I've been feeling like I want to give up, but I'm going to go back and go back to the drawing board and keep investing. Maybe it's one of your kids that you're ready to just send off to grandma's house invest back into them don't give up ask the holy spirit to give you the fruit of faithfulness let's close in prayer today lord i'm so grateful that you are faithful to me lord i don't deserve it so often i fail you and yet your faithfulness i can take to the bank you know me best and love me most and lord we are so in awe of your faithfulness and i pray that we would grow the fruit of that kind of faithfulness in our lives. Lord, that we would be people who would be constant and steady and faithful and not fickle and not just doing the minimum requirement, but that we would invest in the things that you've put in our hand, that you would be able to say we were good and faithful servants with the things you've entrusted to us. So, Lord, we are asking, shine the light in our lives and in our hearts. Show us the places where we have been unfaithful, the places where we haven't been investing. And show us places, Lord, that we can invest, that we can give us fresh, creative ideas as to how we can reach people in our work, in our communities. Lord, we want to be found faithful. Lord, to stand before you at the end of our lives and not just say that we tried or it might have looked really good, but Lord, we want it to actually be good. We want there to actually be fruit of people that said There was no reason for her or him to be as faithful as they were to me, but their faithfulness changed my life. They were there, they were steady, they were sure, and they showed me the faithfulness of God through the way they were faithful to me. So we ask you to help us. We're so thankful for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Have a great week. Don't forget, there is a table out there that you can sign up for some jobs going into the fall and be faithful at them. Okay, have a great week.